0: second audio in our Armor of God series. In the last audio, we learned from the story of David and Goliath that we have a loving Heavenly Father who sent us to Earth with a mission to fulfill. Missions are simply all the promptings we receive from the Spirit. Whether the call is to do something incredibly challenging, like take on a Goliath, or whether the prompting is to do something so simple as to call up a friend, we can know it is a call from God if it is a prompting to do good. Pretty simple, but what a difference we can make in the lives of others when we act upon these promptings. We learn from David's experience that we will meet obstacles when embarking on these missions. We'll have Satan-directed influences that tell us such things as, we can't. We aren't smart enough, strong enough, or good enough. We're too busy, or it isn't my responsibility. Don't listen. Do it anyway. These calls are meant by a loving Heavenly Father to not only help His children, but to help us stretch and grow and become like Him. We need to act upon them. Another big reason the Lord gives us trials and missions is that it helps us to be humble and turn to Him. He knows we are inadequate and hopes we will turn to Him for help to make up what we lack. Then our relationship will be stronger with Him. Our faith and trust in Him will increase. And then with his guidance, he will be able to work miracles through us. But we won't be as successful if we turn to man for help, or as the scriptures say, trust in the arm of flesh. This is counterfeit armor. The Lord is the true source of guidance, protection, and approval. If we put his armor on, he will magnify our efforts to fulfill our missions, making the results more powerful than we ever could have achieved on our own. Our symbolic rocks will fly through the air with precision and power. At times we may feel intimidated at fulfilling our missions, the fighting of our Goliaths. The counsel of Hezekiah, king of Judah, can be a comfort to us when we feel discouraged and outnumbered in the midst of the battle against wickedness. He declared, Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there be more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. I testify this is true. If only we could have our eyes opened as the servant of Elisha's were, so that we could see the horses and chariots of fire that surround us when we are about the Lord's work. While the battle is real, so is the help we have access to. We are not alone. We are surrounded by people on earth and in heaven who are achieving their missions. Let us rise up and do our part. In this audio, we're going to learn from the Apostle Paul who this battle is against and why we need armor. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 it states, Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I love how Paul starts off by telling us why we need to put on God's armor. This is the first principle and step we need to take in putting on the armor of God. Knowing why gives you conviction and determination for whatever it is you're doing. Why do we need to put on the armor? Why? Because putting on the Lord's armor gives us power to stand against Satan's wiles. A definition for wiles is... Devious or cunning stratagems employed in manipulating or persuading someone to do what one wants. To lure, entice. A definition for stand is an act of holding one's ground against or halting to resist an opposing force. In order to be unmovable, hold our ground, against Satan's cunning and devious enticements, we must put on the armor of God. Paul goes on to clarify in verse 12 what type of battle we are fighting and who it is against. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are fighting spiritual wickedness in all its locations, whether it is in fighting the ruling powers that wish to enslave our bodies or those wicked voices that come into our minds that wish to enslave our souls. In many ways, I think it would be easier to fight a battle with a physical enemy, even if it is a nine-foot-tall giant like Goliath. At least then you can see what you're up against. Your physical senses would at least help you to see the tactics he is using. But with Satan, his manipulations are subtly found in your mind, where we mistakenly believe they are our own thoughts. Because he is so subtle and unseen, he then lures away people of all walks of life, from the poor on the streets to the wealthy leaders of nations, from the man that doesn't believe in God to the leaders of churches. In some ways, it is probably a blessing that we cannot see these intimidating evil forces, or else we might be tempted to be like the Israelites who ran away, trembling in fear at the sight and voice of Goliath, But it doesn't have to be that way. We can learn to be like David and see that evil and not fear, to have on the armor of God and be filled with hope, conviction, and courage. Going back to Ephesians, Paul then drives home his point again. In verse 13 he says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand... Paul is, in my own words, saying, because of all the evil influences, trying to entice us away from doing what is right, it is imperative that you give your all to protecting yourself by putting on the armor of God. Only then will you be strong enough to stand immovable in your journey back to your Heavenly Father. That's what this life is. It's a journey, a testing and learning period one that can develop and prove our character if we will choose to do that which may be hard, but which is right. Our destiny is made up of all the little and big choices we make. Who will we choose to follow? Will we follow the Lord and His plan? Or will we take the easier choice to give in to Satan's enticing? The choice is up to us. Learning to recognize Satan's attempts to entice us And learning how to have on the armor of God is key in this process. That knowledge is what you will be armed with when you listen and act upon the truths taught in this series. Paul started off telling us why we need to put on the armor of God for a very important reason. Before he even tells us what the armor represents, he wants us to know why we need it. If we don't even realize there is an enemy out there actively vying for our souls we will be left totally unprepared for when his fiery dart is shot at us. But if you know that a fiery dart could be thrown at you any minute, you'll be on your guard. You'll take precautions. You'll put your armor on. In our last audio, Danielle shared an exercise that we did that was really impactful for her in helping her to realize the battle is real. She learned that Satan is real. And he really is throwing fiery darts at us. I invite you to also do this activity. It will open your eyes and give you that added testimony, your why, as to why you need to put on the armor of God. This activity is attributed to Kirk Duncan. For at least a week, keep a little notebook or note card in your back pocket, and every time you hear a negative, discouraging thought, write it down. Now I know this sounds depressing, but we are simply jotting down proof. I invite you to include in your morning prayers each day a request for help to recognize and know the difference between your thoughts, the spirits, and Satan's. Satan is the author of lies and discouragement, and all those negative thoughts are fiery darts that he is shooting into your mind. You'll be shocked as to how many times he is targeting you. Why you may ask? Because you are important. You are a child of God with great potential and a mission to fulfill. Satan wants to stop you. If David never defeated Goliath, the Philistines would have won. Satan wants to win. That is why he is actively defying each of us as God's children. We are going to use this list not only for proof that we are in a battle and that you need to put on the armor of God, but we're also going to use this list to analyze the tactics Satan is using against you. When we know Satan's game plan, we can create a specific defense to combat him. So hang on to these lists for when we learn about the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. Those are two powerful pieces of armor that will help defend us against Satan's fiery darts. Then after that, you can burn those lies, turning them into the ash that they really are. I know there are many of you right now being targeted by Satan as you've been listening. He is telling you that you are not important, that your life is insignificant, and that you don't have anything to offer. That you're nothing like David and will never fulfill a great role in the Lord's plan and in fighting of this battle. I want to tell you this isn't true. You are valuable. We each have missions that the Lord needs our specific gifts, talents, and personality for. He needs us for exactly who we are. You just need the proof. I would like to invite you to do one more exercise that will give you insight as to what some of your missions are going to look like. For this part, I invite you to do this exercise along with me, pausing the audio to ponder and write. I invite you before you begin to stop and say a prayer, to invite the Spirit to help you in this process, as no one knows better than the Lord what gifts and talents He has given you and the missions He needs you to fulfill. This can be a sweet experience if we will with sincerity turn to the Lord in prayer, and then with a pen and paper in hand, Let him know we are ready for his answers, and that we feel his words are so important that we are going to write them down. I'd like to add another witness to the value of doing this exercise. This quote is from the prophet and president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He was addressing women, but I feel it can be applicable for all of us. My dear sisters, you have special gifts and propensities. Tonight, I urge you with all the hope of my heart to pray to understand your spiritual gifts, to cultivate, use, and expand them even more than you ever have. You will change the world as you do so. Without further ado, let's start our exercise. On your sheet of paper, make four columns going down the page. In the first column, write what you love to do. Have fun with this. Write as many things that you can think of. What do you love to do? If you had a whole day to yourself, how would you spend it? Go ahead and pause the audio to ponder and write. In the second column, write down all the topics you're passionate about. What gets you fired up? What do you love to discuss with people? What do you feel needs to be changed in the world? Go ahead and pause the audio to ponder and write. In the third column, write down your dreams for the future. What do you see yourself doing in 5, 10, or 15 years from now? What kind of person are you? Go ahead and pause the audio to ponder and write. In the fourth column, write down your gifts and talents the ones the Lord has already blessed you with, and the ones you felt prompted to work on. Now please ignore Satan's fiery darts he's throwing at you right now, telling you that it, you will be prideful if you write anything down in this column. Gifts and talents are divine attributes from our Heavenly Father. Just as we received blue eyes from our mom and dad, we receive such gifts as compassion, curiosity, determination, an ear for music, sociability, etc., from our heavenly parents. They are a part of you just as your blue eyes are. The last thing Satan wants is for you to begin to recognize that you are powerful and a divine being of great worth. So defy him and write down these marvelous attributes from our Heavenly Father. Feel free to ask a loved one what gifts and talents they see in you. And more importantly, pray and ask the Lord what gifts and talents he has given you. In trying to identify your talents, you might even ask yourself, what are some things you've been criticized for? Often these are budding gifts that in time will help you to do great things. For example, a child who has an insatiable curiosity about the world might have received the impression that curiosity is a bad thing Because the mother is at her wit's end, wondering if her house will survive all the child's experiments. Another person may have grown up loving the spotlight and performing, only to be suppressed by an embarrassed family. These really are gifts that will be for a future mission. I invite you to pause the audio now and ponder and write on these special attributes from heaven. Okay, so now that your lists are complete, see if you can find some overall themes. What potential missions does the Lord have in store for you? In what ways does he need you to be his hands here on earth? Each of these missions is a little description of Heavenly Father, a role of his that he needs you to do for him here on earth. For example, he is a teacher, healer, creator, protector, Nurturer, Comforter, Gatherer. See if you can find some themes from the lists you wrote. Write as many as you see. Go ahead and pause the audio and look through your list for some roles or missions that you will play. Welcome back. My kids and I are going to demonstrate how we can glean from these lists clues as to what some of our missions will be. As you listen to them, see if you can see how it helps them to know what some of their missions are. Alright, what do you guys think? Was it fun doing this exercise, or was it harder than you thought, or was
1: it fun? I, It just took a long time just realizing all the things you love to do, all the things you're passionate about, the dreams you feature in your gifts and talents. Did anybody feel awkward at writing some of
0: these things down? Do you feel Satan kind of going, how dare you write some of this down?
2: Kind of. Yeah, our mom gave us these gifts and talents lists for Christmas, and I thought, oh, I'll just take that out and write some of those down. And I found myself saying, oh, you're not really that, or, like, I'll just write that down because you don't deserve that, or, you know, and it was just kind of like that way I guess yeah
1: yeah I felt that way too sometimes you just want to work on them more too yeah you don't feel like
0: Danielle said worthy to be writing that down and I think that's definitely one of Satan's fiery darts is he wants you to never feel like you're ever going to be good enough or just that's not really you yeah so I think we're all actually pretty excited about this when we were done and we had put Satan behind us if you will that we thought this is kind of exciting we didn't really stop to think about all the things that we love to do and maybe how that could lead us to understand what some of our missions are. Is anybody willing to be brave and be the first one to share some of the things on their list?
1: <laughs> this is going
0: to be challenging because it makes us feel really vulnerable. It does. I'm. I, what do you think makes us feel so vulnerable about this?
2: Because it's talking
0: about yourself. You want to sound playful, I guess. Yeah, another one of Satan's darts at us that you'll be prideful if you say something about yourself that might be a gift or a talent. Isn't it interesting how Satan's convinced us that it's okay to belittle ourselves, and we will tell ourselves, man, you're so dumb, or you're, man, I can't believe you did that, you're such an idiot, just these little, we don't bat an eye at belittling ourselves because he's popped those into our head, and we just think that's us, but we're never willing to say Wow, thanks Heavenly Father for giving me a gift of being able to be a good listener or to be compassionate. And it would be prideful if we just said, Yeah, I'm, I'm really athletic or I'm really this or that. And it's only prideful if we go comparing ourselves with other people. But if we have an attitude of gratitude to Heavenly Father for blessing us with these interests and passions and gifts, then it's a good thing.
1: And boasting of yourself too is not the best but, but like you're saying i think thanking the lord for your gifts and talents that he's given you it's a good thing
0: mm-hmm. all right who
1: would like to go first all right jared thanks for
0: volunteering so the rest of you be listening and see if we can clue in on some future gifts that jared might have that we could help him identify what are some things you'd love to do
1: reading, outdoor activities,
2: and having fun with family, piano and singing, drama and science experiments.
0: Awesome. What are some topics you're passionate about? What do you love to talk to other people about?
2: History, science.
0: Yeah, what are some other things you would love to learn about, some topics you'd love to learn about?
2: Animals, electricity,
0: chemistry, Wonderful. What do you see yourself doing in the future? What are some of your dreams?
2: Writing a book, hopefully. hmm Building something? Drawing?
0: Yeah. And what do you feel like some of the gifts and talents Heavenly Father gave you?
2: A kind of good memory.
0: <laughs> see how you're embarrassed to say that? We all said Jared should write that one down because he's always reciting facts, and remembers things from books, and what else?
2: Creative.
0: Curious. given, Serve. Imagination. Yeah, he's friendly. So what do you guys think? If you could get a sneak peek into Jared's future, what do you think are some of the missions he's going to fulfill? And remember, these missions are simply us being Heavenly Father's hands. So we are, just like these gifts and talents, are a piece of him that we've been given, these divine attributes, we've been given little roles of him to do here on the earth. What do you think, Kate?
1: I think in Jared's future, I think he'd be a good scholar. He has that curiosity, and he likes to read books, and he's a thinker. hmm
0: I see him light up, too, when he's able to teach somebody something they have a question about. And he's like, oh, I know that, and I can tell you more about that. And he'll share that knowledge.
2: I see Jared in the future writing some great books that help people to understand things and that will really maybe
0: help other people. Yeah, he's very imaginative and very creative. I can totally see him writing some books that will be an inspiration to other kids had to be a good person. He's also very giving and service-oriented. So in my mind, for fulfilling a role of Heavenly Father here on Earth, I could see him being a teacher, like the Savior was a teacher. I could see him doing lots of service, just like the Savior did. Kate,
1: how about you? Let's share some of yours on your list. What do you love to do? I love to work with the soil. I like to manipulate water read books, like imagining stuff. I like imagining games and making up stuff. And I like to draw, do art, like to cook, do gardening, drafting and designing, creating models, acting out stuff, hiking in the mountains, active games outside, capture the flag, piano, or woodworking. Wonderful. What about the topics you're passionate about? I like to study about medieval wars, weapons of the Middle Ages, defenses of the Middle Ages, just different stuff like that that I guess I can still do as, as a kid that would prepare me for life. And birds. I like learning about the body, survival skills, like hiding and spying and that kind of stuff. In preparedness, farming, physics as of as of um, flying, levers, and pulleys. Fun. What about some of your dreams for the future? What do you see yourself doing 10 years from now? Finishing a book. I started being self-sufficient, building a home, growing food, sewing, and masonry. What are some of the gifts and talents I feel like the Lord has blessed you with? I feel like I'm a thinker, efficient, creative, anonymous, self-thinker, leader, social, visionary, and athletic. Thank you. Thank you for
0: being brave and sharing your list with us. What do you guys think are some of Cade's future missions that he might be called upon to do?
2: I can see Cade being a scientist and seeing a problem or a need and going and figuring it out and finding a solution to it. And creating a new product or a new idea that other people can use.
1: I think I see him as as like a creator. He can make opportunities for other people.
0: I think that Cade has a mission. Like when we think of Heavenly Father's roles, one of his roles is as a protector. I see Cade protecting the weak. He has this desire to learn about war and strategy and... And he's really a leader. When younger kids come, they flock to Kate and, and have him lead them in, in activities and games to play. And I see him not only being a protector for people, but being a guide to them on how to be self-sufficient. So in challenging times, he wants to be able to grow his own food and build his own house. And he's just learning so many skills right now that are Very inspiring to me to look at him and know that he is preparing himself for a future mission to be able to prepare other people to be self-sufficient and to protect. Danielle, what's your list look
2: like? Things that I love to do are craft and like creating beauty. I like to knit as well as garden and learn about animals and things about business and yarn and fiber i like to dance and exercise and stretch the topics that i am passionate about are anything that has to do with like raising animals like i'm into rabbits and goats right now and i'm passionate about the knitting projects that i'm doing about fiber and yarn and I like to learn about biology and genetics and also animal health, especially through herbal plants. Some dreams that I have for the future are to become a patient and loving mother and to feed my kids in a healthy way and to have a business that includes like selling yarn and all about goats and rabbits and fiber and I would like to in the future teach others how to create beauty and also about the gospel and I would also like to teach my kids. Some gifts and talents that I have are to be giving, honest, creative, entrepreneurial, to have humility, I'm a peacemaker, I'm considerate, I'm compassionate and caring, visionary, and I'm a teacher.
0: It's neat as you become older, you start to realize what some of your potential missions could be. What do you see and have heard from Danielle's list as some of her future missions? How will she play Heavenly Father's hands, you know, a role in in that?
1: I see her as a very caring, loving person that's Willing to be kind and passionate to other people. Yeah, very much a nurturer. I see her as a person who cares about something.
0: I look at Danielle and I see a piece of Heavenly Father and the fact that Heavenly Father is a creator. He created this beautiful earth and made it beautiful for us. Look at all the design he went into. And I see Danielle, she's always trying to increase beauty and share that beauty. She loves to teach other people how to knit or I see her being very compassionate and loving of animals and and that's a piece of Heavenly Father in her. So how is learning a little bit about some of these future missions you might have helpful to you? Kate you mentioned that you're pretty excited after you finished this list and said boy it's it's kind of fun to to stop and think about all these things you're interested in about and what type of person you are.
1: I think it's just cool to know maybe what you should focus on and learn more about cause then you can know your missions, focus on the things you're passionate about too.
0: Kind of gives you permission. You know what? This is probably part of my mission. It's okay if I want to study military or different weapons or survival or just different, you know, spying or something that way. Who knows, but what that's a mission heavenly father has in this in store for you to protect others. And I should be learning about that. It's it really is important. Even if somebody comes along and teases you. Sometimes that's Satan in disguise convincing us that I don't go that way. Don't spend all your time doing stuff like that. That's just for kids. No, it's not. One
2: thing that knowing about my gifts and talents and dreams for the future and the topics that I'm passionate about and what I love to do is the fact that since I've sort of started up a small business and I've been able to start that right now, I've been able to see that the things that I'm learning right now in school, actually, like I actually do use them in real life, you know. I actually do need math for for just small business or you need to know science because whatever you do in life like you're going to experiment with something and use the science model and um that's just helped me to see like hey I actually do use these things in real life like I'm just not learning math to torture myself you know I actually do need it
0: that's really insightful I think the world has a tendency to teach us okay, here's all the things you need to know so that you can get a good job. But the Lord says, here's all these gifts and talents. I invite you to stop and ponder what those gifts and talents are because that is an opportunity for you to serve. So we learn all the things that we do and the knowledge, the skills, everything that way so that we can serve Heavenly Father's children. That's our number one priority is to serve God and His children. And that money will come naturally as we see needs that we can fulfill by using our gifts and talents, by fulfilling our missions. What about if we were to stop and think about an army, and we have all these people in the army, how is knowing your mission like being in this vast army?
1: You can know what to do. (laughs) Yeah? In what way? You're not. Wandering around, wondering, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. What's what's my purpose in this camp? Am I a cook, or am I supposed to go prepare for battle? or? Yeah, what's my role? Am I supposed to be the
0: lieutenant here, or the cook? What's my role? Is there one role more important than another? Mm -hmm. No, there really isn't. You know, there's a scripture that says, you know, how can the hand say to the foot, you know, I don't need you. We need each person in this army, whether they're the the weapons specialist or the cook or the lieutenant or whatever role that they have, they're each vital in the functioning of this army to be successful. So to me, I think that's one of the benefits of knowing what your mission is. It gets us excited. We know what we should be doing, and we look for opportunities to use those gifts and talents to serve other people. Has anybody experienced what it feels like to be actively fulfilling your missions? How do you feel when you're working on some of these things you're passionate about?
2: It's really invigorating, and you have a hard time sleeping.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was thinking. When I'm actively fulfilling my missions, I'm excited to get up in the morning. And just like, okay, I want to hurry so I can get everything done and, and do the best I can and, and make the world a better place, you know, by fulfilling this mission. You are. You're just alive. Hopefully that was helpful to you, to see how we went about finding what some of our missions are. And that you could even see the little battle they went through in resisting Satan. I wish I could have brought you into my home, though, so you could have seen their faces and attitudes when they were done with their lists. For my youngest, this was a real challenge for him. This takes mental work and is a spiritual wrestle to receive answers from heaven. We truly have to defy Satan and allow the Spirit to work through us. I had one of my kids that this was the first time he had made the connection between his interests and gifts and what his missions were. The Spirit confirmed to him he was of worth and needed. He really came alive. He was excited and chatty. He went... That day to go do an idea that popped into his mind. Seeing our gifts and talents and potential missions written down on paper gives us some proof that we are people of worth. We have something we can give. We feel we have a purpose and role to fulfill in life. That brings us joy to know we are needed, and it just happens to be the very thing we love to do. I think sometimes we focus too much on looking for and improving weaknesses. If all we ever focus on is fixing everything we perceive is wrong with us, we become prime targets for Satan's attacks. We become pretty discouraged about who we are, but when we spend more of our time focusing on doing those things we feel inspired to do, we naturally come to see that we need to improve some aspect of our life or gain some knowledge in an area. Our, quote, weaknesses will get worked on. And we will go about it with more energy when we see the reason why. Danielle is a great example of this. Did you notice her comments that when she was pursuing her passions and missions, that she came to realize the value in math and science? She now attacks the subjects with curiosity and conviction because she knows she needs this knowledge to fulfill her mission. I hope that you will do these exercises. Everyone, whether adult or youth, can benefit from doing these. I hope you'll begin these exercises with a prayer, and that with the Lord's help, you will gain the evidence that you need. For the mind, you'll see logical proof, and for the heart, you'll feel the effects or emotions that come. And then, the Spirit will confirm the truth to you. From the first exercise, you'll come to know that Satan is real. The battle is real you will gain a testimony as to why you need to put on the armor of God. From the second exercise, you'll come to know why the Lord is calling specifically to you to come help in this battle. You have been prepared with specific gifts and talents. You are of great worth and have a specific assignment in the Lord's army. We are His hands when we fulfill our missions. We will have many missions to fulfill in life some small and short, that come as a simple prompting to go, say, or do something. Others will be more involved and will be your lifelong mission. But as you do them, you will feel alive and feel true joy. Whether our mission is to feed the hungry, care for the poor, liberate the captive, create beauty, protect the weak, spread freedom, teach truth, heal the sick, or whatever it may be, We are all needed in the Lord's army for just what we can do. I invite you to ask the Lord every day what you can do to serve. He will give you a thought to do something. The answer may come into your mind as an idea of a service you can do for someone, or to share with someone a thought that came into your mind. The answer could also feel like a random thought of something you need to do or learn. But that is the Lord's way of preparing you for a future mission He has in store for you. I promise you that as you fulfill the missions that come your way, your life will be filled with meaning and purpose. You'll feel joy. May we be as David and act upon the promptings that come our way and do our part in the battle. I pray we'll begin to recognize our gifts and talents, thanking Heavenly Father for them and using them to further His work. The Lord has prepared us as He did David. And he continues to prepare us for such a time as this, as Mordecai told Esther. These are the days leading up to the Savior's second coming. He invites us to join him in the battle against wickedness. His is the winning side. Don't we want to be on it? May we be like David and remember that when we are doing the Lord's will, we will have his power with us and we can conquer the Goliaths that come our way. In our next audio, we'll learn what it means to have our loins girt about with truth. I am so excited to share with you the truths that we learned when studying about this. Cade mentioned in our first audio that that was one of the teachings that has helped him the most. It really is powerful. After learning about what it means to have our loins girt with truth, we have seen so many examples when reading books, watching movies, and in everyday life of those that do and those that don't have their loins girt. We have gained a testimony of its importance and are striving daily to incorporate this truth into our own lives. I am excited for next time when we can share this with you. See you next week.